Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate the feedback we've received uh, on the show so far. Mark Willis from Road Dog Trucking on SiriusXM. Let me know how much he enjoys the podcast. Thank you, Mark. And uh, don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by an industry maverick, a trailblazer, Brad Vaughn, Vice President of Recruiting at Maverick Transportation. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Uh, great to see you. Thanks, Jeremy. It's great to be here. We're, uh, we're looking for some solid takeaways as we get your views on the state of driver recruiting today. We'll learn uh, what sets you and Maverick apart. We'll discuss the unique challenges uh, that the driver shortage brings. And I'll also introduce our newest segment called A Deeper Dive. But before we go there, I'm curious. You know, I know you're, you, as you can tell uh, from the books behind me, I, I enjoy reading. Uh, you're a reader as well. What, uh, what types of book do you uh, prefer? I do. I tend to go towards uh, biography, autobiography uh, more often than not. Anything in particular that you've read recently that you would uh, recommend? Uh, you know, I reread Unbroken recently, which is uh, the Louis Zamperini story. Uh, that's one uh, I got to reread it because I've loaned it out so much it finally made its way back to me. So I got to reread it. again. That's funny that you say that because I've got all these books and probably I've read about 20 percent of them. For every one book I, I read, I buy about six more. And it's just I just like to do that. And so once in a while, if somebody would come over and say, hey, that's, can I can I borrow that? I'm afraid if I let them borrow it, I'll never get it back. And if I haven't read it yet. <laughs> so um, now let's uh, let's. Let's talk about the state of driver recruiting. Obviously, uh, we've been probably in more of an influx the past year or so than, than certainly I've seen it in my career. What are your thoughts on the state of the industry today, uh, specifically driver recruiting? Um, do you feel like it's, it's harder than it's ever been? I do. You know, it's gotten, it's never been an easy job, uh, but it's gotten tougher with the pandemic. You know, a lot of people, particularly experienced drivers, uh, not, hunkered down. You know, they, they didn't look to change. They stayed with what was safe. And um, and they're still kind of doing that to a degree. Now, you know, at Maverick, we hire a lot of students. And so um, uh, we have our own driving schools. So we do bring a lot of people into the industry. And uh, that has not slowed, thankfully. Um, now, obviously, uh, students coming from uh, outside schools has slowed because, you know, a lot of those schools closed during the pandemic. Some of them didn't open back up. The ones that did are doing it safely with social distancing, which means they're having a lot smaller classes now. Um, a lot of them quit allowing people to come in and recruit as well. So uh, we definitely saw a slowdown in uh, in the students coming from the outside school, and I was thankful to have our school. It's a it's as tough as I've seen it for sure. How did you deal with testing uh, and, and and permitting in your school? Do you are you able to manage that yourself, or do you need to use a third party or the state? We go through the state, and, uh, and luckily in Arkansas, you know, they did slow down, uh, and in fact, they did stop uh, for maybe a week or two, which definitely threw some kinks in our pipeline and made it tough. But uh, it wasn't so much those states as it was other states that really, you know, Texas is one that comes to mind. Texas, uh, they shut down their DMVs for a while, and so we had drivers yeah. coming to work for us with expired licenses that we were taking letters saying, hey, this is technically not expired and basically putting some burden on our safety department to track these people and 
try to route them through Texas when it did open back up. And every state did it a little bit differently. So it, it certainly presented some challenges that uh, we hadn't otherwise faced. I'll bet. And, and in, especially in 2020 or what you're seeing today, how about the quality of drivers? Is, can you speak to that at all? Are you noticing any difference? Yeah, you know, um, and that kind of goes back to the, the categorization of the driver. Uh, is it is, are they a student? Are they needing someone to get their license? Um, I did see um, some improvement in the quality in regards to drivers wanting to, or students wanting to get their license. And, you know, I, I was really hoping, um, you know, we as an industry have strived for so long to how do we get the Knights of the Road image back? Yeah. And I think this pandemic took a big leap towards that. Um, with the fact that everybody else is hunkered down at home, but you still need that driver to bring you that much needed toilet paper you're stockpiling or, or whatever else it was. Um, in terms of quality, when it comes to experienced drivers, the, the really good experienced drivers, they're hunkered down. They're not leaving. You, know, they're, you get the one-offs here and there, but um, I'm not seeing those guys that have five, six, seven years hopping from job to job. They're They're staying put. So, you know, thankfully, the students and like I said, the quality went up in regards to the sponsorship. And I think some of that goes to the, the image and as some improvement. And then also you got to look at 2020. A lot of carriers did some pretty substantial pay increases right. um, and throwing those pay increases out there always helps to attract people to the industry. Yeah, I agree. And I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head with the essential workers that that. that the trucking, you know, the truck drivers were recognized as uh, this past year because of the pandemic. And all we can hope for, I think, is that that it does improve. Not only has it improved the image, but it improves the quality of those students that are going to come through. And hopefully we can continue that uh, well beyond, you know, 2021. From a as you get applicants that come in, um, are you recognizing any shift in terms of, you know, are they full DOT applications? Are they just uh, lead forms? Uh, are you seeing one versus the other, you know, more so? Or, and I should say, do you feel strongly about, you know, one versus the other? Well, obviously, any recruiter would prefer a full DOT application. It takes multiple steps out of the process, speeds the wholesale cycle up. Uh, but to your point, that was a big swing that we saw in 2020 was that uh, we started getting a lot less full applications and a lot more short forms, which um, it adds, you know, I'll take whatever I can get. I don't want to be picky. Uh, if you're interested and you just want to give me a name and a phone number, I'll take it. But it just adds steps to the process. And so what it means is I've got to better utilize my recruiter's time. I've got to better utilize my drip marketing campaigns. I've got to text blast, email blast to get these people to fill out a full application. And in doing that, I've got to do a better job of selling them on what I have because I know that I wasn't the only one they did that short form for. They sure. went and did that across the board, which means I better make sure my recruiters are trained and ready to, to go to battle, so to speak, because they're competing with a lot of other carriers. You made a couple of interesting comments that I know we'll, we'll touch on here in a little bit, but you said the sales cycle. You referred to it as the sales cycle. And it's it's music to my ears because I agree and understand how important um, re and how much of a parallel there is with recruiting and sales. And you are acknowledging that that when you get those short forms, 
that puts more pressure on your recruiters to have those conversations that they need to be having anyway. Um, hopefully, I mean, that's going to lead to more, you know, conversions, but, um, and so that's, that's, I, I, I appreciate that because I think not everybody has that same, you know, mindset from, from in 2020, what would you say, you know, from a hurdle, what was your biggest challenge that you, that you felt like you had to overcome? I said, I should say about a year ago with the onset of the pandemic. You know, I guess the big one was just the adjustment. You know, I was lucky in that our IT department had been building a disaster recovery plan for years and years and years. So the transition to home wasn't huge. It wasn't bad. It was, a, I don't want to say it was plug and play because obviously you have hiccups along the way of this phone's not working, this one's echoing, this one's doing something like that. So we've had to make adjustments, but, um, you know, we've had to make adjustments from we don't bump drivers in the same room anymore. We're not using public transportation anymore. We're going to put you in a rental car and you're going to drive yourself in. So there was a lot of adjustments that had to be made. Um, and obviously, early on in the pandemic, we just quit bringing people in. Mm-hmm. When the COVID cases were as high as they were, we d- we decided to, to be safe and just not bring people in. And then have to kind of rethink how we did everything to ensure that we were keeping everybody safe. So on one hand, I was very thankful that the technology was not a stumbling block. And I say that because I've I've been in this industry for 20 years and I've got a lot of peers that I benchmark with and it was a stumbling block for a lot of people. Um, So I was thankful for that. Um, But it's uh, it was a challenging year to say the least, because like I, like I referred to, you know, it got harder to unsee an experienced driver and uh, we had to rely much more on our student program and, and rely on communication. And I will say that through all this and, and the working from home, I think I've seen uh, our company's communication improve dramatically. Um, you know, we were having more meetings. Uh, everybody's more plugged in. My team's more plugged in. And that was a lot of the feedback I got at the end of the year was I've never felt so plugged in. I, I know everything that's going on now because I guess everyone feared that not being together, we would lose it. So we over communicated and it turned out well. Well, and those communications are more intentional, right? It's it's not just, uh, you know, water cooler talk anymore. It's like, hey, we've got a meeting. We're talking about something important and we're making progress. And there's, yeah, I agree. We're leveraging technology in a way today that you said 20 years. I mean, didn't exist 20 years ago. We could have done this 20 years ago. If we were in this same boat, the, the, the complaints that your peers had, we all would have we all would have had, but I feel like that's a good segue, uh, referencing how, how few hiccups and challenges that you had compared to some of the peers that you, um, communicate with is just talking about the Maverick way in general, because I know Maverick as a company has a great reputation from being innovative and progressive. What in a lot of ways, safety, uh, recruiting and so on, what, what do you feel like really sets you apart when it comes to your driver marketing and recruiting efforts? You know, I think where we kind of got ahead of the curve in terms of marketing and driver recruiting was our use of video. Um, our use of video and our use of social media was something that we kind of just wrapped our arms around and jumped on early. You know, I had, uh, I had wanted to do some videos early on and went to a few ad agencies in town and said, hey, here's kind of what I want to do. I want to put together a recruiting video. And uh, had some serious sticker shock over uh, what that was going to cost. Um, to a point where 
I sat down and crunched the numbers and said, it might just be easier just to hire someone to do this and not not outsource it. And uh, after much deliberation, we landed ourselves a really talented videographer that um, knows our brand, understands our voice, and um, just really gave us a competitive leg up in terms of use of video. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of embraced the technology in terms of uh, social media, in terms of texting, and, you know, trying to reach drivers where they want to be reached. Not sending an email that's not going to get looked at or, or reviewed, not sending a letter to the house that no one's going to see. Uh, but, you know, texting them links to videos, texting them links to descriptions or interviews with drivers that are actually in that division that we're talking to them about so they can get questions answered kind of straight from the horse's mouth sort of thing. And, and um, you know, a lot of my competition has, has stepped up now and I'm seeing a lot more um, videos. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I feel like we got a little bit ahead of the curve on that. It gave us competitive advantage. Well, I wonder what their inspiration was. <laughs> you know, the uh, the I think there was a recent video. Uh, it was a driver appreciation video, a Maverick reproduction of Old Town Road. And that is fantastic. So for the viewers, if you haven't seen that on YouTube, that's amazing. And uh, and I think you really appreciate. I think that probably spoke volumes for not just about the company, but just the culture that exists there. And my wife was watching it and she said, that's really cool. Like that's something that that just that's a place that if I was a driver, I'd be interested in working at just because I see the way that they are interacting with each other and that the fun that they're having. That's more than just a job. And that's important. That starts at the top, you know, the, having that I culture. Agree. Now, and speaking of video, video, a lot of those people singing in those videos are our executive teams. So. Right. Yeah, no, I I, rec I recognize a few of them, so that's so cool. And uh, and speaking of video, I think this is a good segue to introduce our newest segment, a deeper dive, um, where we take questions from a listener uh, seeking expert advice. And it just so happens, coincidentally, that uh, the question is about video and the use of video. And the question is, how do I get buy-in from leadership to use video and other modern, uh, more modern approaches to attract drivers? I mean. You might not have the same conundrum because it seems like that is, I mean, the company from the top down is innovative and progressive, but, but how, if that isn't the case, what are your thoughts or do you have any advice on how to get buy-in from leadership? You know, I almost think you've got to bring them a product first and show it to them. And I say that not to say, you got to go hire a videographer and it's got to be this production. You don't need all that. What you can do is do it on your cell phone and you know, do a testimonial, grab a driver of yours in, in the break room, pull them in an office. What made you choose us? You know, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And, you know, testimonials go a long way. And I know for us, um, I'm really lucky to have a group of drivers that is more than willing to send referrals in and more than willing to, to sing our praises out on the road. And if you could get a driver to shoot a couple of those, put those in front and go, what do you think a driver would say if he saw this video? What if I put this on Facebook? What if I put this on Instagram? What do you think a driver would say? Um, I think you gotta, you gotta bring a product first and show it to them. And it's not, it's not hard to do. It's not costly. It's not expensive. Um, but I think that's where you start. Take some time and take some creativity. 
and some inspiration I think that they can get if they uh, if they take a look at what you're doing. Minus some of the budget, perhaps. <laughs> the early days, <laughs> maybe the early days. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, let's talk about what you look for in a recruiter. Um, are there any specific traits or, or qualities that you're looking for you need to see? You know, I look for sales experience more than, than anything else. If I can get, you know, years ago, I used to try to target, I got to have somebody that's done this before. They got to know trucking. And, and uh, what I found, and not to say this is always the case, but I found a lot of people that came with bad habits. Um, they did things that we don't do. Um, they may mislead somebody, uh, maybe not lie to them, but leave out a factor they didn't think they wanted to hear. And um, that's not the way I do things. I'm going to be transparent almost to a fault. But what I found is if I can bring people in who have some sort of previous sales experience, be it uh, telephone experience, uh, telephone sales experience, um, I can teach you trucking. I can teach you how it works, how it pays. Um, but the sales is a little harder to teach. And so if I can get somebody that's already got some of that experience and got that personality type that uh, is competitive, competitive people do really well for me in a recruiting standpoint. Uh, if I can get somebody that's a little bit competitive uh, and not afraid of sales. And, you know, a lot of people look at sales like it's this, it's bad word. You know, sales means you're tricking people. So it's not that at all. And uh, I've been fighting to overcome that for years. But uh, if I can get some people that have some previous experience like that, they, they traditionally do really well. Yeah, they're wired the same way. They're wired the way that, that, that you're looking for. And they generally have the type of personality that um, is easy to connect with people and build rapport and, and empathy and, and, and so on. And uh, interestingly, um, and I think we, we align incredibly in the concept that recruiting and sales go hand in hand. And you actually, in exactly what to say, you actually are quoted on the back of the book here um, that uh, it simplified the sales process and enabled my recruiters to easily grasp how they can improve their process and positively influence applicants to join our team. Now, this book that you're referring to, exactly what to say, the, the CDL Driver Recruiting Edition, is that something that you use? Uh, do you incorporate that those kind of those magic words into any sort of recruiter training or coaching? Absolutely. So, you know, years ago, we had uh, we had put together some specific sales uh, process. Uh, I always call them a process because it's not a script. I don't want people reading a script that needs to be as relaxed and as conversational as, as possible. You know, I always say, you know, if you've ever swam laps, there's dividers in the pool. You don't hold on to the divider the whole way down. It's just there to keep you on track. And that's much like our process is. And so when, when the book came about and I read the book, it was like, uh, this is, this is hand in hand with the process we've already had. And I actually had a, had a plan to use a quote from the book. I have given it to my managers. And so my managers have the book right now. So I didn't have it to quote from, but yeah, it, it, we basically took it and took things from the book and integrated them into some of our training for new recruiters. You know, a lot of the magic word uses, uh, that those sort of things, we utilize those a lot. Well, I first of all, it sounds like that was an invitation for me to send you a new book. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. So I'll, I'll get that to you. Um, what would you say is your was your most effective campaign? Because I want to ask, like, give us a high and then I also want to ask you maybe one of your most embarrassing mistakes. 
But let's start with the uh, let's start with the good. What was maybe your most effective campaign that you feel like that really hit the nail on the head? Anything you can think about? You know, we've done a few over the years. Um, we did one years ago on how to spot a maverick, and it was uh, just about how to recognize. We did we did an internal campaign and an external campaign. Excuse me, that the internal was for drivers for referrals. How do you spot somebody you think would make a good maverick? And the, the external was more of us bragging on our drivers. Hey, here's how you spot them, their professionalism, their, you know, their willingness to help, that sort of thing. That one did really well for us. Um, I'm, I've had a lot of missteps over the years, for sure. Uh, you know, did uh, years and years and years ago, we hired a country singer, a local country singer from Arkansas to record a song called Are You Maverick Tough? And it was about, you know, because we're flatbedders and, and uh, flatbed's hard work, it's labor intensive. And so he recorded this song, Maverick Tough, and we, we used it in some ads, we used it in some radio ads. And then we had our drivers actually come to us and go, can we cut it with the Maverick Tough stuff? People are trying to pick fights with me in truck stops routinely. <laughs> no. Uh, so we had to reel that one back and go, yeah, sorry, we didn't think about that. And uh, we just continued using some of that stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the unintended consequence, I guess, sometimes. You've got so much testosterone in the industry. We're trying to fix that, right? We're trying to improve oh, the image of the industry. We're trying to get more more women in the industry. And, uh, and in fact, that's probably a good uh, segue to just talk about the driver shortage in general. I mean, there's a lot of – that's a pretty controversial topic. You get people who – there's no driver shortage. There's just a pay issue. And there's plenty of people who will feel like, sure, that's – a factor, but the reality is, um, we have less. It, it seems like the demand is far outstrips the supply of drivers today. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? What are your what's your opinion from a driver shortage standpoint? I agree. I mean, I absolutely think there is a shortage. Pay probably plays something in there, but pay is continuing to go up and up and up. Um, but obviously, we're getting in the truck driving community. We're getting second, third career people in the industry. Um, so we're getting people who tried this first or the factory closed down and, and, uh, now they're, they're having to look for other options. They don't want to relocate their family. Uh, so they, they look at driving and unfortunately I think sometimes it gets looked at as uh, a last resort. Well, I'll do this, but until something better comes along and, you know, driver pay has consi consistently gone up and will cons consistently continue to go up as it should. It's a tough job, but it pays really well. And uh, <clears throat> so obviously I do think there is a, a shortage. I don't know that it, it's rare that I've ever been at a time that I go, well, I got more than I need. Let's, let's stop here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and even if you ever got to that point, maybe that point was in 2008, nine, when, when the, when you had a, you know, global recession, it was really tough. Even then you don't want to turn off the recruiting spigot. If anything, you look to top grade, you know, you look to maybe hire, you know, drivers who unfortunately, you know, just because of circumstances were, became available, who were, who were maverick, you know, who were, who were, you know, you spot some mavericks and you hire them and you might have to replace maybe some of the lower performing or unsafe or less safe drivers that, that you had. So yeah, I don't know that you ever turn it off. So, um, no. <laughs> now, uh, you know, another question I, I, if, if there was, there's, and you, you hear this all the time, there's no silver bullet, but if there was one thing 
that you, you know, that you can point to that would have the biggest impact on, on the driver shortage and, and make a difference in, um, companies' abilities to hire drivers, you know, better, easier. What do you, any thoughts on what that could be? It's got to be home time. You've got to have routine and regular home time. I think irregular route OTR out three to four weeks. Uh, the folks that want to do that are, are somewhat of a dying breed. There's not as many people that want to come in and do that anymore. And I say that because, you know, at Maverick, we still offer that. And we offer dedicated, we offer regional. But what I find interesting is I'll take a call from a guy and, and he'll be desperate. He'll say, look, you know, the power company's threatening to turn my lights off. You know, my wife's car got repossessed. I'm in bad shape. I need your highest paid division you have. And I'll go, well, okay, well, that's our glass division. It's our highest paying division. It stays out three to four weeks. And they'll go, wait, 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 wait. You, the ad said home most weekends. And I said, well, we do have that as well. Just it's not our highest paying. And he'll go, well, you know, either one's going to be more money than I was making. So let's talk about the weekend. So it's not always about money. Uh, I think home time plays a big role in that. And it really hit home uh, because it's not just drivers. You know, we, we went to work from home a year ago as a company. And uh, I say we, not everybody, obviously our diesel techs can't work from home and you know, our drivers can't work from home, but uh, those who could did. And what we found is they replied back and said, I love it. I've gained two to three hours a day with my family that I didn't otherwise have. Now, you know, I've taken out my commute time. I'm having lunch with my family. I'm seeing them more often. And, and drivers are no different. And so if we can provide them more home time, I think that's where we're going to really get more people into this industry. Yeah, I agree. That's Quality where of life. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, working from home and, and the silver lining that, you know, came about that we recognized. And, you know, I was thinking, when do I go back to the office? And then I'd have to put on pants. I kind of like just working from home. <laughs> so now for those who are working in the office, I think pants, uh, pants are appropriate. Um, thank you. I really appreciate you joining me today, Brad. Uh, it's great to see you and uh, please stay in touch and let's, let's do this again. Absolutely. Jimmy. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Taking the Higher Road podcast and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. Please submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear in upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the Higher Road podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.